Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode has been brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th of 2022 in Verona, Italy. This year will be an exclusively in-person edition. The main theme of the event will be all-round wine communication and tickets are on sale now. The second early bird discount will be available until September 18th. For more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. Italian Wine Podcast, a Wine to Wine Business Forum 2021 media partner, is proud to present a series of sessions highlighting the key themes and ideas from the two-day event held on October the 18th and 19th. 2021. This hybrid edition of the Business Forum was jam-packed with the most informed speakers discussing some of the hottest topics in the wine industry today. For more information, please visit winetowine.net and tune in every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central European Time for more episodes recorded during this latest edition of Wine to Wine Business Forum. These are, first of all, my Koreans, my fellow Koreans. I did a clubhouse with them um, about the Korea wine market, and it is one of the most listened podcasts on the Italian wine podcast. So you guys should check that out. So, and as you know, Korea market last year grew incredibly. I, I don't know what's going on, if they've become al- alcoholics or... But there was an um, substantial growth in Korea. They did another session before, and it was called the Five Wine Market Trends of South Korea in Sala Intesa, San Paolo. So you might want to check that out as well if you are interested in the Korea market. Today, they will be talking about the uh, generation Millennials and Z regards to the South Korea wine market. I think it will be very interesting. Myung is our Italian wine ambassador. You did the first edition, right? So you should come back. You need to do some, <laughs> you know, yeah, you should come back because the course has completely changed. And um, he is an importer. He imports wine, Italian wines. He's highly specialized in Italian wine in Korea. And Summer is, uh, Summer Lee, I met her actually through Tang Myung in Clubhouse. And she is what you call, I guess you can say, influencer. I know it's not, it's not very popular thing to say nowadays, but I think she has a very concise and efficient insight to the, the social media in Korea. I, I thought it was an incredible privilege to bring her here so that she can share the wealth of information with us. So take it away. And if you guys have any questions, then they will take your questions afterwards. Okay. We are today uh, we are talking about Korean market uh, with Summer and me because as I uh, Stevie told, I'm an importer. Yeah, I import only Italian wines uh, from 60 wineries from 16 regions. So still, four regions. Yeah, I'm recovering, <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is um, it's uh, one of the the first generation of the Korean wine market my company because Korean market is very new. Just 20 years ago, it started and then yeah, it's really developing. 
Hi, nice to meet you all. My name is Summer Lee, and obviously it says Sunmin, that's my Korean name, but you can all just call me by Summer. And I'm currently working for an English daily based in Korea called Korea Jungang Daily. And we're under the umbrella of Jungang Media Group, which is one of the largest media company in Korea. And for the English Daily, I cover mostly news coming out of food and travel sector. So that actually got me experience a lot of happenings in the food industry, especially the wine. So, so South Korea is far from here. It's in the far east Asia. And yeah, yesterday we, we took the flight for the yes. 20 hours. Yes, yeah. we had a, we had one transit, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it's, uh, it's far. And also for the over, overseas shipment, it takes six weeks. It used to be uh, four or five weeks, but uh, after COVID situation, yeah, the, the shipment is always has some problem. So minimum six weeks and then takes uh, eight weeks. Yeah, it's, uh, it takes long, longer than before. So it's far. And also I have <coughs> to say one more thing because uh, custom clearing is, uh, it takes also one more month. So uh, if you're a producer, uh, if you send the wine to South Korea, that means uh, we can sell it in South Korea after at least uh, three months later. Okay, and this is the uh, economic overview of our country, South Korea. So... It's a small country, so the the country, the size of country is uh, is like uh, just one third by the Italy. So your country is uh, three times bigger, but the population is similar. So the fifteen million people lives in South Korea, and the important thing is the economy because uh, the economy in South Korea is still growing up. Yeah, and the uh, GDP is 1.63 trillion US dollar. It's uh, almost the same as Canada. So it's quite big country in this kind of views. And also the GDP per capita is uh, 1,488. It's almost similar as same as uh, Italy. Yeah. And the, the main frame of the industry is like uh, manufacturing and trading. So we are the eighth largest exporter and importer in the world. It's, it's not so small. Maybe one thing I could add is about more than 20% of the entire population of Korea, South Korea, lives in Seoul. So basically what you hear about what's happening in Korea is basically what's happening in Seoul. I just wanted to point out because Italy, there are so many different cities and with the characteristics. So what you experience in northern Italy is very different from in the southern Italy. But basically all the news you hear about Korea, you can, it's not too exaggerating to say that it's all happening in Seoul. For now, Busan and some other cities are growing, but still. Still, yeah, it's just one million people there. So So we're going to give you a brief uh, introduction of how the beverage market makes up in Korea? Well, there's a joke that I guess people in Irish drink a lot. And I guess in Asia, it's the Korean people. Yeah, we drink a lot. Really, uh, many alcoholics. So like you can you can see in the slide, the amount of alcohol people drink per year is quite enormous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I guess not, not everybody drinks, but the population that drinks alcohol yeah. consumes a lot in general. 
Yes, you are correct. And basically what you see is the total sales uh, statistics we've got from last year. And the volume, when you when you take a look at it, we talked that uh, imports and the sales of the wine has increased a lot. But as you can see, it's still very minimal compared to other options available in Korea, especially beer and soju. Soju is Korea's, uh, we could call it somewhat traditional Korean drinks, but not necessarily because it's very cheap. A bottle is about like one euro. One euro. One euro. Yes. Retail price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then three it, euros in restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's like a, like a soul drink for Koreans. It's the distilled drinks. So it's almost tastes like nothing, just the pure alcohol, but yes, the alcohol concentration is not that high, like 16%. So it's almost like wine in a way. Yeah, yeah. so 16, 17% alcohol and tastes like some sweet vodka. Yeah. yeah. And then the reason why it's so high, the beer and the soju takes so high percentage in the market is what they do is they usually mix the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they drink beer, but the alcohol concentration is low, so they tend to mix soju a little bit. Yeah. And then the soju drinkers, they use beer as a chaser, so those two make up for a good harmony, so they take take up a big percentage in the market. And you can go a little bit about the wine segment. Uh, actually, yeah, you, actually the beer and soju, they dominate the market, so only 1.7% percent. Uh, by the volume is uh, the the, the proportion, but by revenue, uh, it means by value, the price is uh, 7.4% and it's still growing up. And there is many possibilities because uh, uh, not many wine culture in South Korea because the volume is so small compared with the size of country. And uh, beer and soju, I, I like that. And also, I like the sumac, which is the mix. Yeah. yeah, very much. Yeah, because uh, you, you, you just spend six euro and then you can, you can drink. <laughs> yeah, in the restaurant. But, but yeah, the taste is every, everywhere is the same. Yeah, and then simple. And then people love that because pe- Korean people like the sim- simple things, simple ways. But the young people, they are turning to, wine and then that's why we're talking about this day we're gonna probably talk a little bit more about this later on but the reason why it was difficult for the wine market to grow in korea was because the other alcoholic beverage options they were just too cheap so wine had no place to compete with them so one of the things that are nearly tried in korea is to introduce more budget cheaper wines but we'll get to that later yeah yeah and this is overview of wine market and uh, number one from the Chile, Chile, Chile wine is the number one because it, this is really a particular because maybe no country in the world, uh, the Chilean wine is the number one in the market. But it's the same story because uh, Chilean wine is simple and there are only few brands and there are only few great variety like uh, Cabernet, Merlot and Chardonnay. And then... And also they do, they did marketing very well in the, in 20 years ago because they just, yeah, put their brand in, in front of nothing. Yeah. Just uh, some brand name and then people like their brand and then they says, yeah, so many wines. So Italy is placed on the fourth. So they, uh, yeah, Italy, Italian wine has a, 14% of market share. It's uh, almost the same as uh, by value as well. 
So by value, the French wine is number one as like the other countries. And then the, actually this is interesting because American wine is now getting more, getting popular and then they, they do very well because uh, they sell more than Italian wine and then the, the quality is quite high. Also price range is, some are very, it's a super high, like uh, Screaming Eagle is like $2,000 per bottle, something like that. And then they, they can make some premium wine, especially from Napa Valley. Yeah, so American wines do very well. Also, it's the same uh, strategy like the Chile. Simple, yeah, easy to know. Okay, so let's talk about the type because uh, red wine is uh, more than more than half is uh, is sold as a red wine because uh, people have some images uh, or the kind of perception. Red wine is a real wine, something like that. When wine was first introduced in Korea, I guess the classic image featured in movies or like dramas, it was always the red wine in the class. So people automatically just think about when they are talking about wine, it has to be red wine. So there are other options like sparkling wines and white wines, but it's growing these days. I think now people have developed their own taste to confidently say that I like white wine. But even until like five, six years ago, whenever I say that, oh, I, I want to drink white wine over red yes, wine, yes. people would just stare at me, why would you do that? Yeah, yeah that happened. That has no color, something like that. And then, but yeah. the one thing I wanted to point out is that the growing market for the orange wine in Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely now a trend because, uh, because of the natural wine. Also, I, I'm the first importer uh, which, uh, who introduced the orange wine for the first time in the Korean market. Uh, because I work with uh, Grabner, yeah, we started uh, about eight, nine years ago. So it was very new, but now it's getting popular and getting common. And people, some people, yeah, they definitely prefer the orange wine, only orange wine. Yeah, yeah, because it's new, but has uh, the particular style. So yeah, it, it, it is not counted there, but uh, it should we should consider about that category. Okay, orange wine is, you can, or the other producer, yeah, they should consider about the orange wine. Maybe it's something about the taste of it, the feel of yeah, it. Yeah, taste is, is actually the, the way of making is very simple. It's the making red wine, like making red wine, but with the white grape. It's very simple. But I've seen a lot of non-wine drinkers who would, confidently say that they don't drink wine but they said that oh i tried the orange wine and that was yeah, good yeah, and then like you said their only choice is to drink orange yeah, wine it looks more fancy or something more trendy and i guess it also touches upon the subject we're going to talk about later on like how it's unique because yeah. no one nobody in korea had heard about the orange wine until like two three years yeah, ago yeah, yeah. more widely even though yeah, you yeah. started importing like yeah, eight nine years yeah, ago correct. So for the youngsters, it's like something different, something their parents' generation don't know. So they use it as a tool to market themselves yeah. as a trendsetter among friends. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So we should consider about everything, about something new. Yeah. So Generation MD is like a Korean, Korean term, Korean marketing term. So in Korea, every company, not only for the wine company, so like uh, the 
like um, Samsung or Hyundai, the kind of big company also, they are really, yeah, say this word, Generation MG, because it's the combined, it, this word combined with the millennials and Generation Z. So it's like a 20 years or the, the generation. So it's quite wide. But the, the, the special thing is it's new consumer groups. Yeah. Uh, especially during the COVID-19, uh, we can do the on-tech marketing to them. So, so the older generation is, is it almost impossible. They, they, they don't change and then, but they, they accept the new way of the marketing and then they want something um, like the social media and then the other, yeah, ways. So basically, these are the ones that never experienced in-person marketing. And the Korean companies actually focus more on them because they respond fast to the new marketing strategies they try online. And then if it works for the youngsters, like in early 20s, that means that they can slowly adapt it to bring those in 30s and 40s. So that's why the Korean companies are really focusing on how these generation, especially the early 20s, yeah. and maybe everyone in, in their 20s, not like especially 30s, but so that's why they target them. Yeah. And the in the in the bubble that we have some of the Korean words listed there, and most of the keywords these younger generation focused on is experience, being a creator, being an influencer, and making themselves somewhat important in their life. And they also go into what values they can get from having certain experiences. So when they are convinced that they can find some value that they can be convinced to, they, they wouldn't stop. They, they would be more mm, eager to spend more, whether that's time or money. And then they don't really look back, you know, like when, when you're in your 30s and 40s, there are a lot of things to think about, like saving for the future. Yeah. But in their 20s, they're still exploring things. So they're, they're not, they're more courageous in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not scared. So they, as long as you're convinced with the values that speak to them, that they're going to move. And then that's what companies like mm -hmm. because uh, they can get the instant results. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And this is important because, uh, they have money. Oh, yeah. yeah, really. Yeah. Surprisingly, a lot of people in their 20s, maybe because of the yeah. investment of like the stocks and more in that financial market, yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems like a lot of 20s, we, we say that mm -hmm. not, not just the budget things, but premium things work they, for them. They don't save the money at bank at all. Uh, me too. <laughs> just spend. Yeah, right. Okay. Italian Wine Podcast. If you think you love wine as much as we do, then give us a like and a follow anywhere you get your pods. So does Gen Generation MG read South Korean market growth? Yes, definitely. Yes. And there is so many the numbers and data, but the, this number is really yeah amazing because last year, just in 2000. 20, uh, this is, uh, it's, it's import value, the three, uh, 330 million US dollar. It, it, it was the, it's, it's uh, excellent price. Yeah. 
because this number from the Korean customer service, one of the most accurate number. So last year, the wine market increased uh, 29% uh, compared with the 2019. So in one year to 29% was a lot, a lot. Yeah, because it never happened before. Okay, almost 30%. But this year is, uh, you know, from January to August, it's more than last year because it's just eight years. During eight years, it's uh, $370 million. So 96.5% increase. Yeah, almost 100%. So we're going to hit another record for this year, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's really, yeah. Also, my, my company, we, we, we did at, the, at July, we, we did, we, we make, made the revenue last year, uh, revenue in July, we are as well. So many, many other importers, same, same situation. So it's uh, amazing. Yeah, people drink a lot of wine. I guess it works on a two-track, like the half the population, half of the wine drinking population, mm -hmm. they go for the premium wine. And then since they can't travel overseas, they tend to buy more premium wine within the country. Mm -hmm. So that makes up for the big one. Yep. And the other way, it's like the large volume of more budget wine that's under yeah. like 10 euros. Yeah, under the 10 euros because uh, in convenience stores, yeah, usually it's very small stores, but in every corner, every street, they sell wine, very cheap wine, but yeah, you know, it's, it's not so high quality wine, but uh, young people, don't, usually they don't go to the superstore because usually they live alone and then they need just a small portion. So they go to the convenience store usually and then just take those some bottle of wine. Yeah, that's, uh, that's getting common. And then I recently talked to a couple of the college students and then what they told me was they go for wine because it's cheaper now. Because yeah. usually people say that they would choose beer over wine because beer is mm -hmm. cheaper. But now the convenience store has so many different selections yeah. and they actually say that they have the luxury of enough choices to choose from. Yeah. So what they go for that is that. And then what they're saying is it's actually convenient yeah. and they say that it's tasty. I was actually really surprised. <laughs> and then they said that they could have different styles yeah, now yeah. at the convenience store without going all the way to the large retailers because it gets complicated and then it gets oh, yeah, too busy. Of but of course, of course. yeah, on their way back home from the school, they just pick it up and then just bring it home and then drink it with friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah because uh, beer and soju is not, like, <laughs> taste love like that. <laughs> yeah, and they, well, another thing they pointed out is that they, it also touches upon the same idea that the people in Korea, they want to be differentiated. They want to stand out from their crowd. So drinking wine is something that their colleagues or their not colleagues, their, their fellow students don't do at schools. Mm -hmm. So drinking wine makes them actually a little bit more special. Yeah. than others and then they can be the one the others come to to yeah. talk about wine to ask about wine and then maybe a tool that makes them popular yeah yeah so uh, this two kind of things is uh, it's, it's uh, how the market changes during the COVID-19 so drink, drink at home is like uh, in everywhere in the world but in Korean people they choose the wine not the cocktail not the whiskey 
because of the summer tolls, yeah, this looks more special and then very similar. Uh, has a similar alcohol as a soju, 16%, for 15, 16%. And also, and also I think drinking, drink at home means drink and SNS. Because in COVID-19, we, we, yeah, we should stay in, at home and then nothing to do, not, not, not many things to do and um, SNS and take the picture and post it on. That's really normal for the generation MG. And um, so that's why they spend more money for the wine because uh, before the COVID-19, they spent just uh, five, six euro from the convenience store. But uh, for the, the take the picture, they need, yeah, upper level wines. <laughs> Very simple reason. And then for them, it's all about presentation. Like, no matter how cheap wine they buy, yeah. as long as they put it in the pretty plates yeah, and then yeah. put it in a, in a nice table setting, yeah. that makes them feel like they're having somewhat fancier lifestyle. Yeah. So, it's, um, also, the, the important thing is uh, the good-looking bottle shape or the, the designated the labels. I mean the fashionable labels, because uh, the classic labels has a lot of letters and then some names, but they don't want to read that. Yeah, they just want to be more fashionable. Yeah, the pretty labels definitely speak to them. Yeah, so that kind of things read the the, the market for the lower price range, but the other things the in high priced wines. Uh, as uh, some motor is uh, we we usually buy from the abroad the other countries and then but now they 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 buy the wine in Korean market and then they find some place to drink this wine because uh, okay you 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 bought like a 300 euro wine per bottle and then you don't want to open this one at home, so they are working for the restaurant, but usually the like a two, three Michelin stars. We couldn't bring the bottle, yeah. But there is there are another the style of the restaurant. Could you tell me about the kind of thing? So basically, what happened before is people had a somewhat prejudice that they have to pair their wine with somewhat Western food. So they wanted to do that at the so-called Michelin-style restaurants. But before, like 10 years ago, it was possible to bring it to the French restaurants. But now Korea has a like more selection of restaurants and these so-called Michelin-style restaurants started hiring the sommeliers and keeping the pretty good wine list. It became impossible for the classic wine lovers to take their bottles to the restaurants because they wouldn't accept it. So they were looking for other options to drink their premium wine that they source from overseas. And then another option that brought up is the Korean restaurants and the Japanese restaurants in Seoul. So what's happening there was that these restaurants didn't really keep the higher end wine list and they didn't really have a sommelier so they didn't charge any corkage fee so they were actually inviting these diners to bring their favorite wine to drink with their food so that's what happened so a lot of wine lovers they don't really go to the French restaurants they started or Italian restaurants and then they started going more for the Asian restaurants and the the thing is they actually the these 
these were actually the platforms that made the youngsters go because they can actually brag about their choices. They can show their characters because yeah. if, if you were to choose certain wines from the wine list, you can't really share your personality and the, your style, but they actually bring, they just don't bring one. So if they were to have a dinner with friends, like four of them, they each bring a bottle yeah. and then that, can, that is one of the ways to show them like the, this is who I am. This is what I drink and that this is what I can afford. This yeah, is yeah. what I'm doing. So they don't choose at the restaurant because uh, they just bring them show. That's the point. And then they don't want to make it difficult because in a French restaurant, there are really long list with the sommeliers. Yeah, that's, that's not easy to them. So that's why. And then funny thing is people in general in Korea, they are scared of ordering wine over yeah. like 150 euros at a restaurant. Yeah. But surprisingly, at the sushi restaurants or Korean restaurants, if they have some of the prestigious mm -hmm. like champagne over like 400 euros, yeah. they will just order it. Yeah. Okay. So now this kind of wines are most selling in South Korea. Not Italian wine at all, but uh, some, the first one is uh, bread and butter. Okay, the, the, the name of so wine is bread, right now. <laughs> bread and butter, very weird. This, uh, this wine is from Napa Valley, maybe near Napa Valley. Anyway, it's from the California and taste is like bread and butter, really. <laughs> but it's really super popular. So you can find it everywhere. And uh, I, I don't know how much it's sold because, uh, but I, I heard that I have a friend in that company and uh, they they just ordered uh, many containers for only for that wine. So that means uh, it's, it's really a lot. And then- I think this is really the proof of what good branding is. Yeah. Because this, the simple label and then very obvious naming bread and butter. And then yeah. they say that the wine actually tastes like bread and butter. So, and then when the youngsters who don't really have much wine knowledge, when they, right. they don't know what great variety this is made out of, they, don't care. they just drink it. And then they think that, oh, this is really tastes like bread and butter. I like it. And they start talking to friends about it. And then it yeah. actually went viral. Uh, when I taste this wine, I, I, I couldn't drink that. <laughs> it's not, no, there, there was well, no. Everybody has a different. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, it, it, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's connected because the name and the taste is connected, and then easy, and they remember. And they... But I think it's somewhat promising that people can actually taste something other than grape and wine because mm -hmm. the novice wine drinkers, they have a tendency to think that wine should taste just like grapes. Okay. But when you are more experienced, when you, when you taste more wines, you can kind of pinpoint different flavors of fruit yeah. or the, the texture of like leather yeah. or even sometimes tobaccos. <laughs> so I think it's promising. Maybe they can later on yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. sense the little flavors yeah. that's hidden inside the wine. So I'm you're right. You're right. Yeah, they, they started with the bread and butter and then yes. they are looking for yeah. just some real moving on to Barolo and Brunello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the Barolo and Brunello, which is a very famous name, they are selling very well because uh, it's kind of the uh, aftermarket of the, the big Burgundy, the high-end Burgundy market is uh, we, we we cannot afford to the Burgundy wine anymore because uh, 
it's just it's so expensive because I I couldn't I couldn't buy one bottle of Grand Cru. It's uh, it's like uh, five five hundred euro in South Korea because because taxation is higher, so very expensive and it's too much. And then that kind of premium wine market goes to the Berlin Brunello. So now it's uh it's it's okay yeah it's really. I think trend is slowly changing because the even the passionate wine drinkers they're still following the big names and then they follow what uh, the big name wine reviewers like James Suckling or yeah. what the reviews coming from the Robert Parker they follow that mm-hmm. so some of the fast movers they are done with. Burgundy in a way, but not not everybody's done with the Burgundy, but some see the opportunity to move on because they don't think that it's worth it anymore yeah. for the money. So they're moving on to discovering more for the more value for the same budget. Sure. So that trend is slowly moving to Italian wines because mm-hmm. still all the wine lovers, they know about the Barolo and Brunello, but not everybody knows about it. No. So it's still kind of new, kind of different. Yeah. But also kind of familiar because they've all heard about it in the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yes. we know Brunello and Barol, but uh, for the young people, it's really new. But uh, yeah. And I think the winemakers trying to make it more modern also speaks mm-hmm. very well to the wine drinkers these days, don't you think? The modern style of Barolo instead of because you mm-hmm. don't have to. Uh, I don't Maybe think. I'm wrong. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not natural style. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Also, the in Korea, so in South Korea, we couldn't buy crude because it's sold out in whole countries. So that's that means that people want this kind of higher level luxurious wine very much. Yeah, and also the not matter of the the only crude. The other, the finest wines are really, really sold out. Also, I asked to the, the whiskey company, like a Paranorica, and then also the high end of whiskey, they couldn't, they couldn't sell because they're out of stock. Yeah. So now it's really, really, they spend a lot of money to the drink. It's really going two ways. Either you go super buzzy for the daily wines and the super premium for the special occasions. Yeah. Actually, this wines from my my company. So last year, I, I found some phenomenon because uh, these wines are, it's not the Barolo and Brunello. It's, uh, it's, it's, it is a good wine, but last year, it, the sales increased a lot. Uh, okay. And uh, Summer talked about the James Suckling just before, but James Suckling, he, uh, he lives in Hong Kong with the uh, Korean wives, and he he knows about the Asian palate. And then we 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 don't uh, we don't store the wine at the wine cellar because we don't have any wine cellar. Even for me, I don't have wine cellar at home. <laughs> yeah, and we just buy and open drink yeah we don't keep the wine in and at the cellar and james O'Kling knows about that and then he gave the like a hundred point to the hundred point to the brunello 15 because uh in my opinion this brunello 16 is uh, has a better quality but 15 is you can drink now yeah and 
every time James Aplin just write down, yeah, drink now, drink now. And then people follow that 100 points Brunello, but drink now. Yeah, it, it's um, what Korean people want. They don't keep the wine at the They like moment. to live in the moment. Yeah, one of the phenomena. And also the other things, the other wines are, it's um, something new because uh, the, the first wine at the left is a uh, Zero Infinito from the Trentino area. It's a Pernod. It's a kind of the natural wine, but the, the this winery is not the natural wine maker. They are really uh, technical wine maker, and but they just set that kind of philosophy, like a minimum intervention. Uh, we can make that. We are not the natural winemaker, but we can make that. And this has a very particular style. And yeah, sold out immediately. I didn't expect because uh, they can make very pure white wine, like a Riesling, Mirror Tirol. But this is, this wine was just for fun, just uh, for the trying. But the uh, Korean people love this wine. So we imported like a Twenty uh, percent of the total production. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in Korea, Korean people consume that wine, and the other wines are has a very good bottle shape. We have been working with the uh, Villas Parina, which is in the middle. Is um, for the fifteen years, we have a very good relationship with the steady sales. But last year, it sells like uh, more than four times because of the Instagram. Yeah. Just uh, some influencer posted on the Instagram because of the good looking. Yeah, uh, maybe they she she didn't know about that. Uh, this is made by Cortez, and but she doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just good looking, and then taste is okay, and then uh, sold a lot. Same as the Catinara from Trovalini. Trovalini is a very historical family from the northern Piemonte, and. The wine star is also very classic. So I thought, okay, this kind of classic wine is uh, almost, uh, it's not easy to sell in Korean market, but that the shape, yeah, young woman, they like that. So drink that. It's actually that Nebulo has a very light, light flavor. So it's similar as a Pinot Noir and uh, has a special bottle. So romance like that. And then um, sell very well. So this is uh, what happened with the uh, Generation MG in South Korea. Basically, yeah, what we just went over is that they like something that's instantly delicious. It has to speak to them right away. They're not that patient. They're new to this culture. So they don't want to wait. They want to experience something right away instantly. That's the key thing. And the second thing is it has to be something viral. So like we talked about the Zero Infinito, and then it was all over Instagram mm -hmm. for, for like a month on my feed, and then it was kind of no joke. <laughs> and then whenever I talked to people who actually had drink it, and then they were looking for more, but mm -hmm. all the all the wines were sold out everywhere, so mm -hmm. they had some difficulties finding them. Yeah. That's the testimonies I heard. And then another thing is the good branding. In a way, the bottle shape is the key thing. Like, everybody has that urge to be distinctive they want to stand out yeah. and then with these bottles that look a little bit different from the classical wine bottles they can actually do that yeah
So finally, is the last session. Is a, is a, is a strategy for the generation MG. It's it's just my opinion, but uh, maybe yeah, because uh, it, it time wise, it's not simple. It's uh, it's difficult because of the the name or the history and also some regions, great variety. Yeah, because uh, I I I had uh, the class in the. International Academy, but I was shocked because uh, the, the book was like that, and then there was like a 500 great variety and Ian Dakata, I could like talk about that. Uh, yeah, I know that I love Eternal Wine, and also the Eternal Wine is uh, that, that's my job. But uh, for the young people, yeah, yeah, uh, if, if you can make it simple or make it Readable, yeah, that's uh, that's better. I, I saw some e example because there there is a Vino Novelle di Montepulciano in Tuscany because the, the, the name is too long. So I saw some producers, they just put the name Novelle, yeah, on their label. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, that kind of things uh, yeah, is, is needed, yeah. And also we are also we keep talking about the visuals, yeah. How look like is uh, is getting more important because take the picture on for the Instagram is the uh, is the most common way to the show the wine, not by the introducing by the sommelier because sommelier is now disappearing. It, it's it's true because in South Korea, yeah, it's really sad, but we couldn't find good sommelier. After COVID-19, they changed their job or moved to the importers, something like that. So it's changing. And yeah. And the uh, high-end position is really important because uh, Italian wine has has a premium image. Like uh, you, you have Gucci or Prada and something like that, and then this is the country of very fashionable. So, uh, okay, like a Prosecco, okay, Prosecco is Prosecco, but uh, if you can make them some higher quality with uh, some particular brand, it's easier to introduce in South Korean market because you have the very good image and then, yeah, you can use that. Yeah. And it's the same conclusion as a session in the morning with summer. Targeting micro-influencers is really important because there are so many influencers and like our, yeah, big influencers, but they, they, they just covered the only wine. They covered everything like a fashion, food, but micro-influencers, they do only Italian wine. Some some are really do do that, and then they they are professional, like a like a semi professional, but they can taste. So they can taste, and then they can judge the quality. Then introduce to uh, another followers, like uh, not many followers, but uh, if they have five thousand, like a summer, <laughs> yeah, these followers also can influence to another followers. So. That's now really important. Hmm. I guess for me personally, for to 
to really enter the Korean market, do think about the young generation because they're the trendsetter. And then one of the things you should consider is maybe you're doing something different for other countries, but maybe something like more visually attractive for Korean consumers. I think that's the key point we wanted to talk about. Okay, um, Marion, okay, you, you, one question? Yeah, do you want to bring to her? Listen, I just want to thank you guys. I think I love the style, first of all. It was a very, it was like an intimate conversation. I don't know, jump here, what you, what you thought, but they were incredibly generous with the information. It seems very simple. But I think they gave us a lot of, lot of information that um, we can actually utilize, especially for the uh, Korean market. Go ahead. Really excellent presentation. I found uh, just a lot of it was really thought-provoking. Um, the big kind of themes that I pulled away, you know, obviously highly photographable, but the importance of convenience and almost single serving. Uh, there seems like there's a huge opportunity there particularly if you think about the main distribution channel being convenience uh, and targeting these younger consumers that are only, that are living alone. And I'm curious, what, how do you guys think about alternative format, particularly uh, things like canned wine that are really having, a, uh, really growing in the U.S. and the U.K.? Um, do you think there's a place for that in Korea? I guess because you guys talked a lot about the packaging, yes. the attractiveness yes. of a bottle. Is canned wine something that is like the pet knot, mm -hmm. e mm -hmm. example? Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's something going on. No, nothing? Maybe not. Maybe not. Because uh, yeah. e even for the cork, uh, people still prefer the natural cork because uh, that looks better. Yeah. The funny thing is, so, like I said, the Koreans are very late in accepting the wine culture. So, they're still very familiar with the classic image they've seen only in the movies. So, the box wine is very new for the Korean consumers, I feel like. And then the reason why they consume wine at this moment right now, maybe things will change in a couple of years. But they drink wine because it looks fancy. It looks luxurious. So, drinking wine, I don't out of a box or can is not something they're actually going for. But one thing that works or that works is the camping population in Korea is growing enormously. Yeah. So whenever they do that, they go for the convenience over mm. being fancy. Yeah. So in that case, I've seen some people like trying canned wine. But other than that, I haven't really witnessed many people talking about it. So I think it's a little bit premature to talk about it. But you never know. If somebody makes the box wine super attractive, <laughs> that maybe that'll that'll create a, a new channel for, for them. But for now, from my point of view, personally, some, some other journalists might have different point of view. But for me, I think it might be a little bit too soon or a different track. I, I agree let me just, um, if I just might add before I close, is that, have you been to Korea? Yeah. Yeah. But when you, when I first, you know, I'm Korean, of course, I, I am Korean, but, you know, I grew up stateside, so I don't even speak Korean. It's very embarrassing when I go there. But when you first go to Korea, there's something odd that you can't put your finger on, right? And it's because all the cars are gray or white or black, just shades of gray. It, that is actually emblematic of the Korean society. They're incredibly traditionalists. 
So I think that's the kind of, you know, it's a, it's a roundabout way of answering your question. But when they're saying like they're not quite ready, it's because although, you know, like the K-pop, um, in a way they're the trendsetters on one, one, one side, but, but the core, the hardcore, they're very traditionalist. So I think that's why they're perhaps a little bit behind in the uh, adopting of new packaging in a way. Listen, you guys, it's been wonderful. Let's give it a give it up for Summer Lee and Dong Myung. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank it was so great. I, I loved it. So I highly recommend. I think there were so many great insights. All right. I have to now tell you guys to leave. <laughs> okay. Because I have to sanitize the room. Thank you very much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th, 2022 in Verona, Italy. Remember, the second early bird discount on tickets will be available until September 18th. For more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.